Bible is very specific. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Sometime during the late A.D. 60s, the writer of Hebrews makes that point abundantly clear to the Jewish nation. Now, indications point to the fact that Paul may have written the letter to the Hebrews, a lot of the same language, but we don't know that for sure. But whoever wrote the book of Hebrews was writing to the Jewish people, to the Jewish nation. They had been so indoctrinated in the Torah and the Jewish law, and now so many of them had come to know Jesus Christ in the early church. And as a result, they were really confused. And so the writer of Hebrews writes this entire book and letter, but especially this verse right here, to assure these Jewish Christians that Jesus Christ is unchangeable. He is the never-changing Jesus. So this morning, I want you to come with me on a journey. And I want to take you to to three stops, three territories, if you please. And those territories are called yesterday, today, and I bet you can guess the third one. Forever. Just as inductive Bible study teaches us, let's allow the Word of God to speak for itself in all three of these stops. And folks, I have some dear friends of mine in seminaries who write commentators, and there are other commentators. Dr. Danny Aiken, head of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, does an incredible job. I respect Dr. Aiken and his work, so many others. But folks, inductive Bible study, when you study the Bible inductively, you let the Word of God speak for itself. In other words, you don't get the commentators first. You get the Word of God first. And as I was preparing this message, I began thinking. I said, you know, about every message I preach from this pulpit is very similar in that respect in terms of letting the Word of God speak for itself. But why not let the Word of God preach this message? You know, as we say, what more can we add? to the very Word of God. And so I started with an outline of yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I know Matthew has already led you in sharing that little verse, but if you have not committed that to memory, I want us to say it together again. Would you? Jesus Christ, say it with me, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And folks... Before we begin looking at those three yesterday, today, and forever, which is your outline right there in, in, the, in the bulletin, let me go back and talk to you about this word same in the Greek. I know when we think of the word same, we look at something that maybe is identical, that has the same type characteristics or something that we can think of and look at and see. In the Greek, it's used along with another word, altus, which means, yes, that which is identical, but that which is is an exact duplicate. So in the Jewish people, in the Greek church, in speaking Greek, the Greek language, heard these words. 
They knew exactly what the writer of Hebrews was saying. He was saying to them that Jesus Christ is the exact duplicate yesterday, today, and forever. There are absolutely no changes. It's much like our copy machine. If you want to copy, what do you do? You place it on the copy machine, hit the button, and an exact duplicate of what you have to copy comes out. That's what this word means. It is a word that that God never changed. He is the exact duplicate. He is the same before the beginning of time, during time, and will be the same forever and ever and ever and ever. And the Jewish nation, the Jewish people need to hear this. There was some confusion. There was some worries. There was some trying to figure things out. Have you all ever tried to figure out God? You know, in our rational mind, and we all do that, we try to put one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, you know? And if you're like me, we try to box God into that little box. Folks, let me say something, and we all know this. God thinks on a much higher plane than others. And us, we can't figure God out. We never will be able. And the Jewish folks needed to hear that Jesus Christ the Messiah, Jesus the Christos, Jesus the Messiah, has never and will never change. He is the constant. So on our journey, let's stop at this word, yesterday. So write that in your outline. Yesterday. Let me tell you what I'm going to do with this message. I'm going to give you each yesterday, today, and forever. And then underneath that, I'm going to list about six or seven scriptures. You don't worry about turning to them. I hope you have your Bible. But I want you to take this home with you. It's going to provide some excellent devotional material for you next week, wherever you are, that you can read and that you can study. Because I want the Bible to speak, and it will for itself, about yesterday. Now, in the Hebrew, K-H-T-H-E-S, which is what I've got written for you up here. That's the English. That's the transliteration. So we can pronounce a Greek word in English. That's what this is. This is the Greek. It's called kathes. Now, okay, Randy, what's so important? And why do you put that up there to show us? What is it about? What's it talking to be? The word yesterday is something that happened once and for all yesterday. I went to the store yesterday. Well, you could have gone three and four times yesterday. But if you say, I went to the store at 3 o'clock yesterday, that's a one-time experience. That's when you went. So when the people understood this word, kathes, they meant anything that it refers to is once and for all. Not many times, not multiple yesterday, but once and for all. So that everything in the yesterday will be once and for all that happens. Now here's the Jewish folks who have become Christian. You know, in some respects, what they have believed has not been pulled out from under them. It's just radically changed. And they needed to hear. Don't you need that kind of encouragement? In this day and time, in this world that we live in, don't we need that same kind of affirmation and encouragement today that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday? 
And so I went back. And folks, these came out of the book, that is, the book, the Bible, the Biblos. But they came out of my heart. And I said, Lord, just the scriptures, just scriptures that would set in stone the yesterday. The, and remember, the once and for all, not the repetitive, but once and for all. And so here are the scriptures. And I've got them up here for you. You can write those down and go back and look at them. Most of them you will know. Genesis 1.1. Incredible verse. Breshith bara Elohim wa'eth hashemayim wa'eth ha'aretz. I'm sure you understood that. Now, unless you be really impressed, that's the only verse in the entire Old Testament I can say from beginning to end in the Hebrew. So don't get all upset, you know. Uh, if I've got it in front of me, it'd take me about three hours, but I could read the rest of it. That is the next verse, not the whole book. The reason I, I was made to learn that in, in a good way in seminary, but Breshith bara Elohim. Breshith is the first word in the Hebrew Old Testament. Genesis 1-1, what's it say, folks? In the beginning, God. Hey, see, you just said the same thing, but you just said it in English. In the beginning, God. Jewish people understood the word breshith, beginning. Because God is the one in control of the beginning. See what I mean? And so in the beginning was Yahweh, God, Elohim. And so that's a once and for all. We know that God began it. Now, folks, just go home today and try to figure that one out. Sit on that one a while in your human mind, in my human mind, and we'll be absolutely blown away. My gray hair will get white before I figure that one out. The second verse, Genesis 2-7. You'll know this one. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, a living nephesh. God breathed. It didn't take but one time. One time. One time for God to show up. One time for God to create man once. Folks, he didn't create man twice. Now, hang on a minute. I don't mean that we can't procreate and have children and whatever. That's what the book says. But God didn't create the first man twice. He created Adam once and for all. And the first woman once. He didn't have to go back and recreate all that. So I love the verse. And God breathed, I love that word, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And if you're breathing and we all are sitting here this morning, we've been given that breath of life by God. Isn't it neat to know that we're God breathed? Next time the devil's beating you to a pulp, and the next time you think you're not worth one red cent to anybody or whatever, you just look the devil square in the eye and say to him, you know, devil, God put his breath in my life. End of sentence. That's what he said. Once, it's done, it's taken care of. There's another scripture, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. You will recognize this. We're in the 8th century B.C. We've preached this from this pulpit. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, 
the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of his, over his kingdom, David, or over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that, that forward and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Wow. For unto us a child is born. Jesus came how many times, y'all? Once. See, all these scriptures, once and for all. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. We're about to spend a lot of time on this in the coming weeks. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. You know the scripture. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished for Mary to be delivered. And here it is. She brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them, him in the end. Jesus was born once and for all. And then you write these scriptures down as we look back at the past, as we look at yesterday. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. And one that most, if not everyone in this house, can share from memory, John three sixteen. Mark chapter 10, 45 simply says this, For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That word give there was once again, once and for all. Jesus died, Jimmy, so I won't have to. Once and and for all, period. I'm not telling you something you don't understand, but I believe that we need to be reminded, just like the Jewish nation need to be reminded, that God in the past, once and for all, the yesterday, he never changed. John 3, 16 is obvious, you know. And then back in the past, in the yesterday, we look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 and 6. Write that one down. You'll remember this, but the angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know who you're looking for. This Jesus who was crucified, he's not here. For he has been resurrected just as he said. Come in and see the place where the Lord lay. Wow, every Sunday's Resurrection Sunday. I was with Kathy Doby and her family yesterday at, at Ray's funeral. We were standing at Crescent Lawn Cemetery, and Rufus, the guy who takes care of the, the families there at Crescent, at Crescent Lawn. Did I say Crestview? I meant Crescent Lawn. And he, he stood there, and, and we were talking about this very thing, about what the Word of God says, and the, the fact that the Bible says that God says specifically when he, the angel said to come in here and see for the Son of Man, resurrection. He and I were talking about tomorrow, Resurrection Sunday, talking about today. And every day, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. So folks, look at those scriptures. Go back this week. They're all in the past. God, man, created. And then what did God do? He promises that he would deliver us. He sent Jesus. He was born. He lived. He died and was resurrected all in yesterday. Talking about the word of God speaking for itself. Wow. Here's the second one. Today. Today. 
that word today that we put up here, they meant and understood as we do today that it means right at this moment currently. What does the Scripture say about where we are? Samaron, today. There it is in the Greek, but Samaron. What does the Word of God say? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, right now, today. Well, write down this Scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied, kanao in the Greek, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a doulos, a slave, doulos. You remember that word we've talked about before. Taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by obedient, being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him has given him a name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and those who are on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Talking about today, I am so glad Jesus is sovereign Lord. When the world is in the mess that we've gotten in, and we're living in that mess in this day and time, you and I can sit here today with the reassurance knowing that Jesus, God emptied himself out of heaven, became man, and he is Lord. Amen? Write this scripture down. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. We've preached this message in recent weeks. Jesus Christ as the great high priest for you and me today. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to this confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way, as we are, yet is without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help at the proper, proper time. Wow. Then look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, has made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in our trespasses, for you are saved by grace. Thank you, Lord, for the grace of God today. Thank you that he saved the most of you in this house at a specific time when we intentionally invited Jesus Christ into our life. And he's never left us and he never will. Jesus Christ is the same today. He's not going to change. Right down Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. I love this, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he has for us. Folks, I am so glad that God shows me mercy. He shows you mercy. The Old Testament used that word, and it was pronounced hesed. God took that word mercy, and he said that no matter where you've been or what you've done, my grace is sufficient for who? You and me. Today, today, 
I love the My Hope Project, what you saw from the Amazon. I love what is looking to, and you can see this. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Fox News, CNN News, and some other of the news stations, about a week after we broadcast this DVD here on Sunday morning, November the 3rd, they are going to broadcast it nationally to be seen. Have you, can you imagine? What, once you see it, you will say, and the news channel is actually going to do this? You'll be as excited as I am. I'm thinking, hey, whoa, this is going to be great. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 7. I love the very fact of what it says. And one final scripture before we move on to 3 is Hebrews 13, verse 5. Listen to this. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Your life should be free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you had, for he himself has said, Listen, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many of you over the last six months have needed to hear, I will never leave you nor forsake you? You know, that's everybody. We all need that. That's today. That's the present. And God says that won't change. He won't leave you yesterday, today, and forever. Such encouraging news to the Jewish Christians and in the Jewish nation. Such encouraging news to you and me. Now look at the third one, forever. Forever is a phrase in the Greek that's used. I didn't put this in English per se. Istus Ionis. The word Ionis means age. This word is into the ages. Into the ages. In other words, on and on, ad infinitum, into the ages. We've looked at the past. We've looked at the present. Now, what about the future? It gets even more exciting. Revelation 19, listen to this. He's our coming king. Now, I'll deal with this next week in the message. But I love what John saw. He said, then I saw a new heaven, and, a, and then I saw heaven open, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war and righteous. And his eyes were like a fiery flame, and his crowns were on his head. He had a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He wore a robe stained with blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses, wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came from his mouth, so that he might strike the nations with it. He will shepherd them with the iron scepter. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God, the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh which proclaims he is the king of kings and the lord of lords that's promised in the future and i love first thessalonians the next scripture chapter 4 beginning verses 13 through 18 i'm not going to read all that one to you you can go home and read it but it refers to a little word in the greek we refer to as harpazo means to be caught up. We've translated. It's the only time that word's used in the New Testament. We use that word and translate it as rapture. Rapture. One day, folks, at the bidding of God, only at his discretion when that time comes, he's going to tap his shoulder on the, the son on the shoulder, and he says, go get your bride, the church, and nothing in hell or nothing on this earth is going to prevent that from happening. And the Bible says we're going to be caught up. I said that yesterday at the funeral. It's so exciting to know that for the child of God, when we place that physical body in that tomb, it's only for the moment. People say, Randy, why did you say that for the moment? It could only be, it could be the thousand, it could be 50, it could be a day, it could be a year. We don't know. 
And then I keep hearing with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. One day, one year is as a thousand. A thousand years is one day. You see, we try to look at things the way we see it in our time consciousness. God, however, has a whole new way of looking at it. Wow. God says one day, one day, he's going to recreate that body when he comes back for his church. And that body, that physical soma, is going to learn how to fly. I tried that one time from a swing set at my home on South Cobb Drive in a Superman outfit. When I watched the original Superman black and white, and y'all don't look at me crazy, most of you did too, but I thought I could try what Superman did off my swing. I was at the doctor's office a few hours later with a broken arm because I tried to do that. Revelation 21.4, write this one down, I love it. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death's no longer going to exist. Grief, crying, and pain because the previous things have been obliterated. They are gone. What a promise of the future. And God says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can bank your life in everything you have. I love John 14, the 2 and 3 is the next scripture. You know this one. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go away, I'm coming back again. And I'm going to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. This is training ground, folks. This is what this is. This is not home. And the Bible gives us the very fact of forever here. All this steeped in that one verse of Hebrews 13 of saying specifically that Jesus Christ is the same in the past, once and for all, right now, and we can bank on the fact that he's coming. And then I look at Revelation chapter 22, and I've printed or I've listed some verses in Revelation 22, but basically those verses say, Lord, he says, look, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is to repay each person according to what he's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Revelation 22, verse 20 says, He who testifies about these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Wow. And then two more scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The last two verses, 17. Actually, it's the last part of verse 17 and the verse 18. You'll recognize this. And so we will be always with the Lord in the air. And then that last verse, therefore comfort one another with these words. I'm telling you, folks, I'm convinced the Jewish nation needed to hear the writer of Hebrews say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Bill Irwin is a man that was born blind. He had a voice-activated talking computer that he used to study the Bible. He always laughed when the computer would say, Holy Bible, because he could reprogram most of the words, and it would come out rather than Holy Bible, the computer-generated voice would say, Holly Bibble. And he wanted to change that, so he went into the program, and got a friend of his to come in and change it where it said the Holy Bible. But when it came to the name Jesus Christ, 
that program always pronounced the name Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. What language is that? Spanish. Jesus Christ. Spanish. The programmer for that particular software was Hispanic. And he had programmed into that software that you could never change the name of Jesus Christ. I thought, that's ingenious. And he never could. God programmed into the Word of God, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change, and you and I can't change him. Amen? Let's pray. Yeah, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your power. Thank you for the consistency of who you are, both in the past, the present, and the future. And Father, thank you for the encouragement you've given to us through your word, through your word. We love you, Lord. And we praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all, when I was preparing this message. I didn't tell you this until now. All the time I got working on this thing and reading the scripture, I kept going back to the past and once and for all and all this and whatever. And in the background, both literally in my office and in my head and heart, I kept hearing the song that Gail's playing, Jesus Loves You. Most of us learned that as a child. And we remember not only the words, but the truth of what it proclaims. And I told Doug, I said, Doug, let's just close the service this morning in our invitation time. And let's make our invitation hymn, song, Jesus Loves You. Because I said, that express, expresses the simplicity of Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Will you stand to your feet where you are? And let's close this service that way. This altar is open for prayer, Matthew. And we're all down here, Daniel and Austin. We'll be here, Doug and I. If there's anything we can do to share with you, to pray with you. But let's just sing that song just as humble as we know how as our expression of love to Jesus Christ and his affirmation. Doug? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible.